Hey everybody, welcome back to Lime Bites. Sorry today's episode is a little bit late. Today we are talking about mental health and living with a chronic illness. In case you forgot, I'm Isabella. And I'm Morgan. Welcome back to Lime Bites. <laughs> and we just want to give a little heads up. We are obviously talking about mental health, so not all of the conversation is going to be pretty. And we know that everyone's been through their own individual struggles. So if this isn't something you want to hear about or something you're more sensitive to, we totally understand. And we just want to give you that heads up before you give our episode a listen. Yeah. Give it a pause and listen to our next one, please. Exactly. Yes. So... <laughs> Where do we even want to begin with this, Morgan? I don't know as well. <laughs> this is like, I, when we say mental health, I guess this is such a general topic. We yeah. could go into so many different things. I guess, is there one specific piece of your mental health that you feel like you've struggled with the most throughout yeah. your life journey? Oh, for me personally, probably like my self-worth. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you right but when I'm not feeling my best I feel like I'm a burden to others right because especially like with all of my extensive treatments and stuff I've been very reliant on other people who have been willing to help me yeah like obviously but the burden is really hard like I don't know if there's like a word to describe it but just like the guilt of having people constantly have to take care of you like when you're at your low points Mm -hmm. and also yeah like treatment is expensive and like obviously our parents are here to take care of us but also you like kind of think to yourself like how much like how much are you really like do you really Uh want to take care of me before you're like okay this is too expensive yeah and also not everyone has the luxury of like being able to afford all those treatments so for some people, like, they have to pick and choose and their parents have to pick and choose for them, so. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I'm like, when, when I see the price tag yeah. on some of these, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, imagine if – or my mom brings this up. If I was a single parent, yeah, this just would not even be in the realm of possibility because it's so incredibly expensive. Definitely. And these treatments, for a lot of people, don't make a big difference. It's mm-hmm. not like – it's even rationalizing, oh, this is yeah. making me feel 100% better. No, it's this will help you get on the road to recovery. Yeah, they're not like life changing where you're like, and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and feel great and yeah. like perfect, you know? It's not even something where it's like, oh, you can't put a price tag on health, but you kind of can. Yeah, to, to a certain degree. extent. Yeah. You shouldn't have to pay that much yeah. just to feel good also but you know that's another topic for another day yeah that's like financial availability but also like emotional yeah. availability I know how taxing it is it's even more taxing on my parents than it is yeah. on me and I know that but still like I confide in them they're a great support system mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm like oh am I dumping too much like is this too much to yeah. expect definitely like even just like when I think of all the bad days I've had, like I'm, it, I would feel like guilty and feel like, am I having too many bad days? Like, or am I not showing enough progress to like mm-hmm. make them feel encouraged that what they're doing is good? Because I never wanted my parents to feel like the things they're trying to do to help me aren't working or isn't good enough for me. So I'd be like, should I just like lie and like say yes. I'm doing better? Like, how am I supposed to navigate this? You yeah. know, like it's weird. It's mm-hmm. It's a tricky situation. Or I'd be like, well, I'm not feeling better yet. (laughs) And like, maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe after a few more doses, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. And then we would kind of reach the end of the rope and be like, okay, time to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what about you? Honestly, I feel like anxiety for me, not like in a 
a normal sense, but like anxiety about like, um, like feeling like I'm always going to be like what I'm going to be dealing with next. I guess what I'm trying to say, like, um, expecting the worst and like every every doctor's appointment every time I step foot into anything medical related just like the fear that I'm gonna get bad news that I'm gonna have to go through something like though that has been the hardest thing for me to try and move on from and I don't think I've reached that point yet like I can't go to like a doctor's office or anything for anybody like friends family myself whatever without like just literally feeling panicked that like I, something's gonna happen to me like someone's gonna tell me like you, this is wrong with you now or you need to do this or like even just the association of like some of the tests I've had to do that have been like painful or uncomfortable um feeling like I'm gonna have to experience those again it's just like it brings back it's not like trauma but it's just it like, is trauma but though. it is at the yeah. same time yeah, like, it's medical trauma <laughs> it's medical trauma like it's even when I'm not the patient, like if I see someone else getting like a blood test done or like they have to run like certain something else, like I start like going back into when I had to get those things done. And yeah. it, that has been like, I don't know the way to get through that yet. Um, but that's definitely something I'm trying to work on. Um, and when I figure yeah. that out, I will share it. Yeah. Write a book. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. But yeah. the problem is it isn't unfounded. It's not like it came out of nowhere. You can yeah. disprove it to yourself because you still are, are you still getting bad news at this point or is it? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think not like a bad test or like a new diagnosis, but a lot of like, we don't know how to help you mm-hmm. and this isn't working. Like I went to a doctor's appointment on Tuesday and like nothing's working for my migraines and they just were like we're kind of just waiting Mm -hmm. and it's like okay I feel back at square one again where I'm like just endless doctor's appointments where they just tell me the same thing or like they look at me with like this sad face like I'm really sorry like that we can't help you and it's like okay but that over and over again like that's hard to hear like so many times in a row because then you just start to lose faith in doctors and everything like you're like okay nobody's gonna be able to help me so it's then hard to go see someone else and have an open mind about yes you know it puts you in like this cycle and this pattern yeah and everyone's like you just need to trust me and I'm like haha that's what the last five said yeah exactly Uh and then as soon as you open yourself up to be able to trust that's when you can feel disappointed yeah so why even open yourself feel that yeah it's it's like a little like mind game that you play with oh, yourself absolutely. like yeah and like when I first got the diagnosis a lot of the tests I had to get done were usually painful like they were not like it was like needles going in me like I had one that was like you like stuck a needle in your muscle and you moved it around and listen for a sound like and I was in sixth grade when I was going through this and so after that anytime they were like you have to go to a specialist doctor I was like nope not going <laughs> because let me think about last time I had to go, you know? So it's like rewiring your brain to think like, okay, that's not always going to happen to you. Like sometimes someone's going to suggest something that will not only work, but it might not be painful, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's been my little journey with anxiety that I've been trying to deal with. No, absolutely. The anxiety for me doesn't take that form. It's more so like when I was very sick, it was, will I ever get better? Because so many people were telling me, no, this is where you're always going to be. Like you never will recover to the point where you were, or if you do, it's going to take like 10 years. And that's really hard to hear at 18 when everyone else is out living their lives. Yeah. It's really discouraging. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And 
I don't know about you, but like the mental and emotional fatigue of having a chronic illness, like some, I forgot who told me this, but they were like, at some point, like when you have Lyme disease, you're just going to be really tired of being sick. Like, you're just going to be like, you're gonna wake up one day and be like, I'm so done with this. And I do feel like I've had that happen once or twice where I've just like been like, I'm done. Like, can I, how do I like just make this like stop? Like, how do I just magically fix this all? Because I'm so sick of being sick. And that's hard to explain to people, yeah. you know? And you're probably like, well, duh, of course you're being sick or sick of being sick. Yeah. But it's so, I know exactly what you're describing. One morning I just woke up and I was like, I'm done with pills. No yeah. more pills. Because yeah. that was one of my treatments at one point. It was like hundreds and hundreds of capsules. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Oh, it was, I believe it. was 200 it. Yeah. plus capsules because it was a supplement regime, whatever. And I just looked at them one morning and I was like, uh-uh, I, I can't do it today. Like, this is just not going to happen. It's like, well... Something as simple as pills, like, why can't you just take yeah. them? But it's not just the pills. It's, like, the weight that's attached exactly. to the Exactly, yeah. It's way more than that. It's, like, and the pressure mm-hmm. of, like, it didn't work yesterday. Is uh-huh. it going to work today? Like, I don't know. Like, is there a point to it? You no. know, like, you lose a sense of, like, the purpose of what you're doing, I feel like, in some yeah. of the treatments. Like, you just can't seem to understand, you know? No, absolutely. And I guess the point where it's, like, well, are we doing this for my health or for the doctor to say that they did everything that they could? Yeah, right? that is so true. Definitely. So I have a story that I just that I wrote down, and this was remind me of it with mental fatigue. But I and I might have shared this with you prior to the podcast, but. Um, I'm sorry, everybody. We were recording this podcast and that might not have worked. Um, but when I, this was last year during the year, I was like on TikTok or something. And I was like scrolling through, like trying to like, just like looking at different things about Lyme disease, like looking at people's accounts, whatever. And then this article popped up that was like the most random thing and was not anything supportive of Lyme disease or chronic illness. It was in fact the complete opposite. And it was like this new article that got released from like CNN or some news channel that was like reputable, reputable. Yeah. Saying how, um, it was like titled, um, doctors are talking about a new issue where um, teenagers and college students with a so-called chronic illness are um, being dramatic and faking things to get attention or something along those lines. It was basically saying like people with chronic illness are posting these videos crying and talking about their journeys and how hard it is to get views and followers and all this. And it's all like made up and like, don't believe it. And like, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, instead of being like, oh, that's so wrong. I was like, am I crazy? Yeah. Like, I was like, am I literally insane? Am I making this all up? Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't tell anybody about it, but I just like sat there like for a while and it sat with me for a few days. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this, are we all crazy? Like, are we just making this up? And it's just like that, the fact that something like that would have so much influence on me where I would think like that I'm, this is all in my head, like. But it just made me rethink, like, my whole entire, like, last, like, I don't know, six years having Lyme disease. I was like, maybe all of the test results are fake. Like, I don't know. But it just kind of shows you how harmful, like, things like that can be to people and their mental health. Because it honestly, like, really threw me off. And it set me in, like, this funk where I just, like, was not confident in myself. And I 
didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to do anything. I just want to lay in bed because I was doubting myself and I was doubting everything that I had thought for the past six years, you know? Yeah. Can you remind me when you found that article? It was, yeah, it was like last, it was like during this year sometime, like the last few months or so something. So you have been studying psychology <laughs> for a year at that point, yeah. right? So even someone who was aware of like the psychological impacts of something like that still is at risk. To, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah like I, with everything I've learned in psychology, I should have known like mm-hmm. that you are not making this up. There's really no, I don't even think there's any diagnosis for anyone saying that they just like make up something on that grand scheme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that didn't even protect me enough. All it took was like something reputable, like doubting me that much where I felt like, oh my gosh, like maybe they're right. I don't know. Yeah. And it's the opinion probably one doctor collected. Exactly. It was one opinion piece yeah. by a news article that you just happened to read and it had that large impact. Yeah. Have you ever had anything like that? Yeah. Or sometimes it came up in my day in my life, which you should definitely go watch. <laughs> Occasionally, I get brain fog when I drive, which doesn't, like, severely impact my driving, Mm -hmm. but it just makes me feel off and a little bit, like, just tired and out of it and just a little bit overstimulated. And when I've had that in the past, I'm like, well, do I actually feel like this? Or am I just, like, normal right now and, like, I'm just, like, feeling anxious or weird or whatever? Because I forget where my baseline is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, is this actually normal? Or am I having brain fog right now? Because it's really hard. There's no, like, scale or no, like, yeah. markers. It's not like, oh, like, I get, like, flushed, like, you, where you can see it if mm-hmm. I get brain fog. Like, my mom says that my eyes look weird, but that's, like, a mother's intuition. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't look at myself in the mirror and it's be like, like, a medical mm-hmm. scale or, like, yes. form of measuring. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'll just sit in the car and I'm like, well, do I actually feel off or do I just think that I feel off? Yeah. So it's really hard when your symptoms aren't really, like, tangible or visible. Definitely. Well, mm-hmm. they don't call it an invisible illness mm-hmm. for no reason. That they don't. <laughs> that, Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. And that makes it being having it called an invisible illness is probably one of the hardest things people face because we don't have anything on us to be like to have not like have people feel bad, but to be like, oh, that's what's wrong with them. A marker for empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I see someone in a wheelchair, say who has a visible disability, Mm -hmm. like in my head, I'm already like, oh, okay, if they need extra space, I'll give them extra space. If they ask for help, I will give them help. I'm not like, it's wrong to assume that they need help. But if they ask me, like, absolutely, I'll be there if they need help. And you don't go, why? Uh I feel like that's why we get like, I don't ever just have someone be like, okay, sure. It's usually like, why? Yeah. Why do you need that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like, couldn't you just be a nice person and like have some empathy? Oh, absolutely. It's just like a human decency thing, I feel like. Exactly. And missing out on that, like empathy from others, I think also can take a toll on you because always having to fight for yourself, stand up for yourself. Like, again, it comes back to being just really draining. Yeah, absolutely. And when I do get that human empathy, it is like, Oh, it feels so good. It makes me so happy. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. When people do like just little things like here and there, they surprise me or like my friends will do super nice things for me and just like they like at this point, like I feel like since I've had this for a while, like they know like what I need and they know like how I'm doing and stuff. And so that always like goes a long way, you know, just checking in on me or like 
knowing I can only do certain things sometimes. Yeah, and I think we talked about that a yeah. little last week too. Yeah, exactly. So what are some things that you try to do for your mental health, which we kind of touched on last week, mm-hmm. I think. I think we did a little bit, but the biggest thing for me is like vocalizing my fears or my expectations. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I say it out loud, I can either recognize that it sounds stupid or be like, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Like I'm, I get in my own head a lot and I'm like, well, am I actually experiencing this or like what's going on? But talking to my mom, and I know that I've brought her up, Sherry, and <laughs> she's the best. I will say something like, oh, like, I've just been feeling lightheaded and, like, I don't really know what's going on. And even me saying that out loud, it's like, okay, I have labeled it the lightheadedness. Yeah. I acknowledge what it's not. It's not, like, life-threatening. I'm not passing out. I'm just feeling lightheaded. Yeah. And even just, like, acknowledging that fear, too. Like, oh, like, I'm a little afraid by what's happening. Yeah. It gives it like a name and by giving it that name, I can just deal with it in a rational way instead of giving it like an unreasonable amount of like weight. That's a really good tip. I really like that. Uh Uh-huh. Because I I just, I, wow, I need to start doing that. You should. It's awesome. I really do because I feel like that just like makes you look at things with more of a clear mind Uh and just like getting it out instead of keeping it inside is definitely way better. Yeah. Because I'll keep it inside for like two to three business days and then I'm like... Okay, it's been like festering for too long. So yeah. then I speak it and then it just exists and yeah, I can do with it what really I want. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. That's my biggest tip. What do you have? I think that bringing people everywhere with me, like having a support system has been my most helpful like mental health tip because I am like not gonna sit here and try to be prideful and be like I can do it on my own I can't do a lot of things on my own like I'm just not able to and when it comes to medical stuff I'm a big baby and like my mom will come with me to everything like Mm -hmm. every appointment every little test you can think of and if she's not able to my sister will come my dad will come my cousin will come like there have been times when like I one time I had to get like an injection in my knee and my Mom came, my aunt came, my sister came, and my cousin came. Like, that it was makes, a family gathering. That's a village. That exactly. makes me so happy. Yeah, but it's like, I felt great that whole appointment. I didn't even worry about it. I wasn't stressed because, like, sometimes that's what you need. You need the support. So don't be afraid to, like, say, you know what? Like, I need to bring someone along with me. And, like, at school, my roommate would come with me. And now my current roommate this year <laughs> would come with me. And my sister will still come with me. Like, you just, you have to because – it helps a lot with like not get, sitting there alone in the office and getting in your head and yes. being anxious. Like I have an appointment tomorrow. And if I go there by myself and I sit in the waiting room, I'm going to like leave probably. I'll probably get up and walk out and not go to it. So you have to do what's best for yourself. And you have to also like be honest with yourself, like about what you can and can't do. Like don't try and push yourself too much. You know, that's been my other thing. Like, don't overestimate your capabilities because you want to be like, yeah, I got this. Like I'm good and I'm strong and I'm tough. Like it's actually stronger and better to admit that you need other people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think not pushing myself has been the biggest lesson that I've had to learn or one of the bigger ones at least. Cause I've grown up in a culture where it's like, Oh, like push yourself and do every single thing that you can. Yeah. But in order to do every single thing possible in any given day, that's depriving myself of stuff that I need for tomorrow, like energy that I need for yeah. tomorrow. 
And sometimes I would just need to sit back and be like, oh, like in order to have enough stamina to do tomorrow semi-okay, I need to do today semi-okay. Yeah. And not do every single thing, which took a really long time to learn that lime in pots and mold and whatever else is floating on around inside yeah. my body right now. God knows what else. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a fight of strength. It's like a marathon. It's an endurance, it's an endurance battle. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just like whatever you can do in a short amount of time. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we have this for life. So yes. we have to be smart about how we handle each day uh-huh. because burnout is not like a year-long thing burnout's like in the next few days like am I gonna you know do too much you Mm -hmm. know like it's so it's a lot narrower of a time frame that you have yeah so and you mentioned this in other episodes like of deciding what you're gonna go to and what you're gonna cut out of your calendar and how you had to do that a lot Mm -hmm. like especially early on and I feel like that is like a good thing you can do for yourself. And it is, but at the time it was very psychologically painful because it yeah. thought I was failing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh-huh. It's I felt it, like the treatments were failing my mm-hmm. body. I felt like my body was failing me. It was like a whole big puddle of failure. Yeah. Really quick. Let's talk about when the treatments haven't worked. Have you felt like it's your fault? Oh, absolutely. Because the problem with doctors is they present something as, oh, this has worked for so many people. Yeah. In order to get you to try it, which is reasonable. But then when it doesn't work for you, it's like, well, how come it's not working for me? You said it worked for everyone else. So that means the problem must be with me. Mm -hmm. Because if it worked for everyone else, like the problem would be with them. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I completely agree. Like, even though you know it's medicine or whatever it is, like it has nothing to do with you. And your, what your body does is not under your control. You still, like, I, I still would blame it on myself. I'd be like, oh. Yeah. Or, like, you know, people would ask me, like, well, did you not do it at the right time? Oh, you know? that's horrible. And, like, obviously out of love and, like, out of wanting to make sure I was doing things correctly. Uh-huh. But, like, if something doesn't work and someone asks me, like, but did you just Are not you take sure? it at the right time? I'm or, like, you know, I'm like, ooh, This that. is my lifeline right now. <laughs> yeah. I take this pill at exactly 9 o'clock. Yeah. You're joking, right? Like, I've got a timer set. Like, don't ask me if I'm taking it at the wrong time. I wish that you could see all of the alarms in my phone that are just called, like, medication Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's at least half of them, and I have a lot. Definitely. Yeah, and it wouldn't be as big of a deal if I wasn't so sick, like, at Mm -hmm. the time, because these things were marketed as lifelines, as things that will turn your life around, take you from being extremely sick to being extremely well. Yeah. So a lot of eggs in one basket here. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, like, that is devastating. It was really, really hard. Like, now, if something doesn't work, it's not a big deal. It's more like maintenance. Yes. Maintenance is the right word. Yeah. Where I already feel really good like from where I used to be so not a big deal if I have like a little blip or whatever like I tried to supplement recently and it like upset my stomach and I was like oh whatever I've got so many supplements that do work yeah but when I had nothing to hold on to like I was clutching at everything yeah prior to where I am now like if things didn't work it was a matter of like okay I can't get out of bed and do anything I'm in pain and it's tears and frustration and so much more and so much pressure and just like that is a way different feeling than obviously where we are today but that's hard to continuously go through like it's not just one time of like that one medication did that like for you too it was like multiple different trials of things and 
seeing if they would work and be your lifeline, like yeah. you said. And the problem is, for a lot of my stuff, I'm not sure about you, it takes like a solid two months to see if it even was working. Yeah. And during that time, we didn't want to add anything else to see yeah. if that was affecting it. So it was wasting time. Yeah. And I really wanted to feel good enough to go to college yeah. and not take a gap year. Um, spoiler alert, did not happening. <laughs> my gap year was awesome, but we can get into that later. Yeah. But I felt like I was racing against the clock and these things were eating into my most valuable resource. Yeah. You, I definitely feel like you had a lot of pressure on you. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, again, with mental health, like I'm sure that took a toll on your mental health because you felt like you had to get better in a matter of like months. Yeah. No, I had not a, even, <laughs> I had a date on the calendar that I needed to be better by. Yeah. That is my own personal circle of hell. Yeah. <laughs> like if you designed hell for me, that yeah. is what it would be. It was horrible. That might be the definition of an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> um, and some people might be like, Oh, that's her setting a goal. But for people with chronic illnesses, oh. you can't really set goals yeah. like that. Or yeah, you can't set tangible goals. You need to set like, oh, like I feel just better. Or yeah. like you can't be like, I want to be better by this. Yes. Day. It's like, well then that's uh-huh. definitely not gonna happen. <laughs> like, now it's really not gonna happen to yeah. want it to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Which we know now, but yeah. Well, I think this is a really good episode just kind of getting into our journey with mental health and we know everyone has their own separate struggles and with chronic illness there also are very different struggles that people go through because they tend to be connected with various mental illnesses and things like that and you know I have to put this little thing in because I'm a psychology major so if you're going through something really hard like always talk to someone about it like don't feel like you can't don't feel like you are important enough or valuable enough to do that because you matter and you should get the help and healing that you deserve. So um, make sure that you're talking to someone if you're going through a tough time right now. Yeah, please do. It makes all the difference. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode and we hope that you are back again next week with us. Yes, please join us. (laughs) And keep an eye out on our Instagram because we will be trying to be more active. Yeah, sorry Hudson. We'll be more active. We promise. All right. Bye. Bye.